BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. The ACC is expanding. The presidents and chancellors met today and voted to add three new schools, Stanford, Cal, and SMU to the conference. It'll bring the league to 18 teams, 17 of which will play football full-time. The additions will be uh, in all sports and will begin in the 24-25 school year. The ACC needed 12 of 15 votes to make it work. Heading into the meeting, it was uncertain whether or not they had the votes. In a poll a few weeks ago, four schools, Clemson, Florida State, North Carolina, and NC State, they dissented. One of them needed to flip if it were to pass, and all eyes uh, were on NC State's chancellor. The reason they were focusing on Randy Woodson and NC State was because North Carolina's Board of Trustees issued a statement. They objected to the additions to the conference last night. So the ACC joins all the others. Starting next year, the Big Ten is going to have 18 teams, and the Big 12 and SEC will have 16 teams. The Pac-12 has two teams left, basically Washington State and Oregon State. What a disaster. Many believe that Cal, Stanford, and SMU come at a discount. SMU is coming in for seven years with no broadcast media revenue. Cal and Stanford, 30% share of ACC payouts. That's what they're going to get. The move saved Stanford and Cal after the Pac-12 crumbled. Stanford's athletic department, everybody believes, is money. uh, That they have a great athletic department. And both Stanford and Cal will get increased travel costs, which is going to impact Cal's athletic department. They're already hundreds of millions of dollars in debt. The conference will make millions more annually if they succeed on the field, like if the schools have good seasons with the ACC TV deal running through 2036. The last few weeks, there's been a lot of uncertainty what will happen in the upcoming years. The ACC thought that Cal and Stanford were the last schools that had value that were out there that could be added to a conference to make it stronger, if you will. Did you see your boy Acuna last night? What a game he had at Dodger Stadium, but that was nothing compared to the day that he had. 
He married his longtime girlfriend and now wife in L.A. in the morning and then played in the game at night. And in that game, he hit a grand slam and the Braves won eight to seven. He's the first player ever to combine 30 home runs and 60 stolen bases in a season. He's got a wife now, two sons, a two-year-old, and an 11-month-old. He talked about, we're a family since we've known each other. We've wanted to be together. We have two kids. Family is meant to be together. That comes before anything else. I'm really happy that's going to happen now. Her visa was going to run out, and they were going to force her to go back to Venezuela, but not now. They're married. She's not going anywhere. It was a fast wedding. They did it at this place, Whispering Oaks in Agora Hills, Cali. They banged it out early in the day, and then he was playing in the game at night. He said, it means a lot to me. The kids were born here, but the mom needs to come and go. I don't like that. It's really a hassle. If we go to the playoffs, if we go to the World Series, and they're not with me, that's tough. I want my family to be here with me. He jacked a homer off Lance Lynn in the second inning, the Grand Slam. It was the 150th homer of his career. He's the second player in history to record 150 homers and 150 steals at the age of 25 or younger. The other player to do it was Mike Trout. We all know Trout's story now. He never plays. Bonds did it in 90. Eric Davis did it in 87. They reached 30 homers and 50 steals, but until Acuna... Nobody had ever combined to go 30 and 60. And he did it on the final day of August. There's still a month left in the season. And he did it against the Dodgers and Betts and Freeman. Guys that are challenging him for the MVP award. I guess he nailed that down last night. Although Betts homered twice. One of which sailed past Acuna's reach in right field. Betts, 455 in the month. 455, 516, 839 is slash line. Uh, The first player since Joe DiMaggio in 39 to accumulate 50 hits and 10 homers in August. Freeman, his slash line, 374, 434, 617 in August. Acuna was 352, 432, 574. He was surging as well. It's going to be a great race down the stretch, even though it seems like Acuna is the man right now. September starts with Betts leading the NL with 7.8 Fangraphs wins above replacement. Freeman's at 6.9. Acuna, 6.7. Well, Utah's star quarterback Cam Rising didn't play last night at Rice-Eccles. It didn't matter, though. Utah won anyway, 24-11 to over the Gators of Florida. The Utes used a two-quarterback system to help them get the win. It was a rematch of last September's game in which the Gators won by three at the Swamp. Kyle Whittingham, the coach, said, we want Cam back as soon as we can get him back. He's been given more latitude in the last 48 hours or so, so he's going to be able to practice full on next week. He stopped short of saying whether he'd be available to play. In his place, Whittingham and O.C. Ludwig developed a two-quarterback system with Bryson Barnes starting the game and 
The redshirt freshman Nate Johnson featured in packages. Whittingham said they're so different that you essentially have to have two plans when you're facing them. It adds another dimension. The Utes ran only 53 plays on offense last night. Both quarterbacks came in the game. Barnes did it on the first play of the first drive. The first play of the game. He dropped back, launched a bomb. Money Parks caught it in stride. A 70-yard touchdown. Barnes said, he's a former walk-on. That's the stuff you talk about when you're a little kid. We knew what we were going to run with our opener. We had an idea of what kind of tendencies they do when they come out. The place was rocking immediately. Barnes went on to go 12 of 18 for 159 yards and a touchdown. He added a score on the ground as well, running around the right side into the corner of the end zone late. Johnson was solid when he got his chances getting out of the pocket. In the first drive of the second quarter, Whittingham put in Johnson, and it didn't take him long to show what he's made of. On a keeper, he danced his way through the Gator D and got around a Florida defender on his way to a 27-yard touchdown. He finished the game as the huge leading rusher with 45 yards on six carries with the TD. Whittingham said of Johnson, he's electric. Struggled a little bit with ball security a couple times, but he's got a future. You can see he makes guys miss, and he looks like he's the fastest guy on the field every time he's out there. Barnes and Johnson both said they were comfortable playing together. Johnson said Rising's been helping both of them. He's been telling us everything. With him being down, he's like coaching both of us. I mean, it's really a good thing. Barnes said, me and Nate having the opportunities to get reps while also having a vet sitting in the back helping us. It's not very often you get those types of opportunities with the guy who's been there and done it. Rising might be at practice this week, could play as soon as Saturday's tough road game at Waco against Baylor. But if he can't go, they know they got options and that Barnes and Johnson can get the job done. It won't be easy going to face the Bears on the road, though. So you know the deal, right? Wake Forest beat Elon in Winston-Salem 37-17. to Griffiths threw for 329 and three TDs for the Deeks. Central Florida pounded Kent State 56-6. to They got off to a fast start. Plumley three touchdowns for UCF, but he got picked off twice. Georgia State beat Rhode Island 42-35. to How about the kid Hill for Rhode Island? Four touchdowns and 408 yards. It was a pretty good game. Western Michigan beat St. Francis of PA 35-17 in Kalamazoo. NC State beat UConn in stores. They didn't cover, but the Wolfpack won with that tough D. They won by 10. Armstrong threw for 155 yards for NC State. A great game in Minneapolis. Minnesota rallies late. They scored late, and then a walk-off field goal, 13-10 to spoil Matt Rule's debut as the Husker coach.
The Huskers quarterback, Sims, rushed for 91 yards. He looked good. Missouri, 35-10 over South Dakota. Tulsa, an easy win at home, 42-7 over Pine Bluff. UAB, Trent Dilfer, his first game. He wins 35-6 over North Carolina A&T. And Arizona State survived Southern Utah's upset bid in Tempe. Sun Devils, the Cheaters, win 24-21. Tons of games again tonight. I can't wait. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 